Well, the rain finally went away. That's a plus. Makes me happy. How, uh, much, how much rain did you get here? I don't even know. Probably <laughs> seven inches in the last you know week and a half or so. Just like never ending, it seemed like. I've heard 15 inches in three weeks. Yeah, it could, that could be totally true. It yeah. got to be a point where it was so much that we didn't like measure it anymore. It's enough. Eddie was canoeing out there in front of my barn. I did see the canoe. I was, I was like, man, what? Why does he have a canoe in his pasture? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, because you could use it. Because it, it just because we could. Yeah, because there's not a lot of opportunities for that. Yeah. So, all right. When did you get into the mental game? Like the when I say mental game, when did you start realizing how powerful your mind is and how it actually relates to performance after failing many times trying to make it as a professional rodeo athlete um 2003 come off a terribly bad year and uh i was trying to figure it out and i just kept losing and i lost my life savings and i had to go home and and get a job and i i had toyed with you know learning about mindset and stuff prior to that but i didn't stick with it it wasn't something that i knew i had to do to be successful um, fast forward a, lo- a little ways out, you know, I, I had an opportunity to go live with a mentor and that mentor literally changed my life. He's the one that put me onto the path of, you know, mind is everything, you know, growing, using the mind. He used to tell me that the power of the mind, Tyson, is infinite. That's what he would tell me. He'd tell me that all the time, that same saying. And I just really took it to heart and I started working on it and I noticed a difference. That was the thing. When I noticed the difference, I was like, oh, there's something to this. I need to, I need to stay. I don't need to just try this. I need to make this a lifestyle change. Yeah, because the more you apply it, it's like if you're starting out and they say you can do whatever you want to do. So you think of the wildest thing and it, after a couple of days, you're like, no, it doesn't do that. <laughs> but it's like if you can pick little things and you're like, wow, this is this starts building up. And I think it's a lot of us mentally with rodeo we tie our self-worth to rodeo like we we don't know yeah, if your we performance belong, right we don't know if we belong right so understanding mental consistency and what that can bring if we you know because we we don't want to lose no one likes losing no and there's a lot of losing involved so it's like how to fail how to actually create a performance mentally where you're you're ready to go right yeah and that's where most people miss out you know they 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 know they want to change they know they want to get better but there's really not been uh like a a, a path like step a you do this step b you do that step three you know you do this nobody's ever like outlined it for anybody what the process should like to conquering the mind and getting better and winning and all this stuff we just say we're gonna try this and then we try it once and if it doesn't work we give up Right. And and that's nobody's fault. Like because that's how we're all conditioned. Somebody had to come into your life to make you think differently to want to stick it out and to and to keep going, which is where my, you know, my first mentor Fred Brown up in Washington, that's where like he kept bringing me back to the mind all the time. It's the mind, it's the mind, it's the mind. And I knew he was right. Because at this time, when I was living there, and I moved from Missouri all the way out there, Fred had sold a company for a ton of money. Uh, very, very well-to-do man. Uh, very unassuming in nature. 
not like the six foot two strapping guy that's just ripped and athletically just the most amazing. No, he's just a normal guy that worked really hard, built a company, and they also beat Roy Cooper in his heyday in match roping. He also beat Joe Beaver in Joe's heyday in the match roping, and they called him the giant killer. And I used to always think, how did this guy, who's just a normal guy, beat these legends? You know, and not just once, one time. It was like again and again. And I'm like, how did he do that? And he always boiled it down to the mind. The mind is the most powerful thing. And without him just whispering in my ear every single day for seven years of my life that that was the answer, I probably would have been like everybody else. I would have just tried it. Right. But because I had him helping me along that process, I was able to get through and push through and then finally see the fruit of my labor. Yeah, because it's it's going to take some time. I mean, to be successful at a lot of things, they're like, they call it mastery or 10,000 hours or yeah. seven years of being consistent in a business to be successful. There's a lot of rules of thumb, and it usually doesn't happen quick. So the first thing with our mind, because this is when I started to really understand, not understand, really question what my mind is doing. There yeah. were days where I could win, and it felt so easy. Mm. But at the yeah. end of the day, it was like I wasn't there. I was just like, it happened fast, but it was like, slow like there was no yeah i was just and then what i started to realize i was in a flow state or yeah i was in the zone yeah that's what i call it being in the zone yeah i was in in a zone and then i would have days where i was terrible and yeah. and i and i didn't know why and i was like why was i like this one day and, and mentally like it, it jumped out to me and I, it was at Salinas when it happened and we were in the top five on two and I missed the third steer easy and I had just turned mm. a bunch of money down for my head horse Yeah, and I'm like it, it, the first two steers were so easy and then I yeah. run to the middle of them and miss one like it, it was an easy shot I'll make a hundred times I, and I found a way to lose that day I didn't find a way to win and that hurt just because I knew how it was kind of my situation it was I was set up to win and the only thing that stopped me was my mind Yeah, and I was then I started how do we create this flow state how do we create the zone so that's my first question for you <laughs> might as well ask the biggest one that's the biggest kept secret in the in the history of of sports uh, but here's the deal bottom line is distractions it's easier to enter flow state or your zone when you're locked in focus think about it anytime you did very well. Anytime that you won, anytime that, you know, that slow motion happened to your life, what, what was your focus? Where was it? I mean, I, I used to, couldn't tell you, but yeah. now I'm in the moment. You're in the moment. You're intensely focused on that thing, that goal, that thing that you want, that you can't live without. You've yeah. been dreaming about it. You've been thinking about it at night. You stay awake thinking about it. It's the one thing that you love the most. Right. Right. And you're so focused on it that nothing, nothing is going to take you away from it. Now, when you're intensely focused and you know you have a job to do with no distractions, that's when you enter the zone. Right. That's when you're in the flow. Let me tell you what takes away from the flow. And this is something that every one of these listeners should be protecting. Okay. Your mind. Okay, and I know what you're thinking. Oh, Tyson, that's easy. You just predict your mind. <laughs> but yeah. the truth of the matter is, what happens if somebody rides up to you and is like, oh, man, that steer, he turns his head right as you're going to deliver. Yeah. Then that plants the seed of doubt. That, yeah. okay, if I don't throw my loop right, if I don't deliver this way, this cat, I'm going to miss him. And it can take you away from it that fast. 
literally that fast, that begins to deteriorate the ability to get into flow. Well, when, go, go ahead, sorry. Elaborating on that a little bit more, I have something called lock-in words that I use. So anytime I'm at a rodeo, anytime I'm at an event or really anywhere, I use lock-in words to get me back in the zone. Okay, so if I get somebody coming up, hey Tyson, I want to take a picture. Hey Tyson, I want to photograph. Hey Tyson, you know, what happened to my calf? Or hey Tyson, why'd you miss that calf last week? Anything that happens to me, I'm like done, lock and word. My lock and word is, wor- word is world champion. Bam, I'm back in my zone. Right. I'm a bad SOB. I'm the champ. Nobody can beat me. I'm the best there is. Those are the things that I tell myself in my mind. I know that might sound arrogant in my mind, but you know what? Nobody's listening inside my mind, only me. That puts me in a state that says, okay, I'm a winner. I'm a champion. I'm an overcomer. I don't care who comes up to me. I use my lock-in word. Bam, I'm back. It's time to get into that zone. Same thing if you're turning around in the box. Like, like let's say you you're you're riding into the last year short goes salinas you turn around you're backing into the corner and a negative thought pops in your mind what should you do number one lock inward number two ride forward reset you have to fight for it okay kobe bryant michael jordan uh tiger woods all of these people use extreme practice mixed with extreme focus to become the best that has ever played the games And that's where we miss out in rodeo. We get distracted by certain things, what people say. You know, when you're a basketball player, you're locked off in your own room. You have your own team. That's it. How many guys you got on a basketball team? 20? Yeah, 12 to 20. Okay, max 20. You got your coach. You got 20 guys. Rodeo, how many people are in the stands? Thousands. And they have access to the ropers. Yeah. Right? So every fan is coming down saying, hey, how are you? What did you do yesterday? Oh, well, yesterday sucked because I missed. Negative emotion brought up in your mind again. Right. What, what did your steer do yesterday? Oh, well, he turned left and unducked his head and I missed him. Oh, negative emotion creeped back in again. Oh, not to mention the time that you hurt your horse roping in deep ground and the arena's got deep ground in it. Oh, man, I hope I don't hurt my horse again. Negative emotion. What do basketball players have to worry about? They don't have to worry about a fan getting inside their head before the game. They don't have to worry about rain. They don't have to worry about deep ground. They don't have to worry about all that stuff, right? They are locked off, much like a boxer or a fighter. They're locked off in their own room, their own camp of people that want to support and push them to be better. As rodeo athletes, we don't have that. We don't have the protection. Plus, we don't have the best coaches in the world. Right. We have to coach ourselves. So that's what I do to enter flow state, and it's in and it's a fight, man. It's a fight. The question that you asked yourself, I asked a decade ago. Yeah. I asked a decade ago. And I'm like, how do I enter this more often? Obviously, Cody Ole's in it a lot more than I am because he's just kicking my butt. Right. Obviously, Fred's doing it. Obviously, and, and I'm talking in calf roper terms now, but yeah. there's something that I think naturally certain individuals, if they haven't worked on their mindset, like they're just naturally gifted in the ability to get insanely focused and battle everything out. Um, but for most of us, it's not natural. You got to work for it. Right. So there's a couple couple things in there because to operate in flow state, I call it being, you just say being in the moment. Like mm-hmm. you're in the process of actually doing like, and so if we start talking about what could go wrong, then that immediately takes us out because now we're no longer in the actual process, correct? We're in the what what ifs yeah. and the, oh, if I get this one, I'll be rich. Or if I miss him, I'm, you know, everyone's going to think I'm an idiot. Well, now you're out of the, you, you're no longer in what it takes to do 
you to bring your training out, you know, because yeah. that's exactly what you're wanting to do in flow state. You're wanting to bring your your training out so you can complete the course. You can do your job. Yeah, it basically means living in in a proactive state, not a reactive state. It's so funny that you bring this up because my post on Monday was, hey. Let's Monday. Let's go get this week. Let's live proactive, not reactive. And I bet most of my followers didn't even know what the heck I was talking about. Right. I was talking on a deeper level. Like, so when I go to a rodeo and I'm trying to get ready to go, I'm doing my, my, my positive movements. I'm doing my visualization. I'm jumping up and down and this amazing little four-year-old guy or girl comes up and is like, oh, you're Tyson Durfee. Can I take a picture with you? I have to be able to turn that off in an instant be the person that individual expects me to be, which is who I truly am, a good guy that tries his best to do the best, take the picture, talk to the person, and then immediately get back in locked in and ready to go. Yep. Now, the difference between proactive and reactive is reactive says, oh man, I'm just he just broke my focus. I can't believe I had to break my focus to do this thing or whatever, right? But a proactive mind says, hey, I expect that to happen to me because I worked hard to get to where I'm at. Now let's plan for it. Let's plan for the moment that my focus is broken by, you know, somebody wanting to meet me. Let's plan for when, you know, the guy rides up and says, oh, man, that that steer's terrible. Let's plan for that. Right. And let's run it in our mind tens and thousands of times. That way, when it happens, it's like uh, maybe for you that have it, but for me, I'm prepared and I'm ready to go. I'm living in a proactive state. So it doesn't take me off my game. My game is still there. Whereas a reactive person would say, oh no, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Or, oh, that person just broke my focus. Or this deer turns his head and I, I, I don't catch him when they go left. So, oh man, I hope I don't miss this one. See, that's the difference. Proactive is prepared. Reactive is hoping. And let me tell you, you can hope in one hand <laughs> yeah. and you can do your business in the other. And Which one's going to fill up first? I don't hope for anything. I go get what I want. Well, and, and doing it in the practice, like in practice and mm. like uh, there's, do you have certain steps that you kind of think through, um, before you nod your head? Like, let's say you're getting ready to ride in the box, right? They're calling your name. Do you have a mental process that starts or how do you go through it mentally as from the time you're, the guy has just run his calf in front of you and you're yeah. now riding to the box. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. In all actuality, I'd be cheating the audience if I started at that point when I talk about my, my, my preparation. Um, my, prepara- my preparation for a run starts like a couple hours before the rodeo even starts. Like it literally starts a couple hours before the rodeo starts. Um, I, I do positive visualization. Okay. I'm constantly visualizing that run that I want in every scenario. Calf going left, calf going straight, the calf going to the right, the calf running up the rope, the calf trying to kick, the calf doing everything. I've made that run so many times before I actually get to the arena that I'm not like surprised. Nothing surprises me. I can react and respond. And it always ends with me putting my hands up and feeling amazing. Okay. How many times in a run are we surprised when a, a calf or a steer does something that they didn't do before? Well, I talked to that guy and that calf was supposed to be slow or that steer was supposed to be slow, but today it was fast and I wasn't ready. Right. Right. With me, I might ask the guy and that's great, but I make every run in my head prior to getting ready to go. Every time I do it, I put my headphones on, I jam out to some music, I'm positively visualizing what I want, I'm saddling my horse, as soon as my horse is saddled, my visualization is done, then I go directly to the office, the whole way to the office, I'm thinking, man, I'm fixing to run a good one. They're going to run the best calf in the pen, and you know what? I get money run, so it doesn't matter what they run in the 
run in there. I'm going to capitalize on whichever calf that I want. So I'm priming my mind to get the calf that I want. If you walk to the to the draw thinking, oh, I hope I don't draw number 27, you're going to draw 27. Oh, I hope I don't draw one that goes left. You're going to draw the one that goes left. People might think that's crazy or a little bit out there, but it's the God's given truth. You, The things that you think about, you're attracted to. Why do you think I post about optimism and positivity and growth and overcoming and winning on social media every single day? Because I know that thing that I think about will come to me, okay? So I've done my visualization. I've done my saddle. I've went to the draw in an optimistic state. Now I've got my calf or my steer, if you're a team roper or whatever. I say, okay, now it's game plan time. I've visualized every run, the run that I want, but now that I actually know the calf, I can analyze. All right, what does this calf or steer look like? What's the hip structure like? What's the bone structure like? If he's got skinny legs and big ankles, and I know he's not a fighter type, then he's getting a wrap and a hooey. If he's not, and he looks like he's pushing the other steers or calves around the pen, he's the dominant one in the pack, then I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. He's going to get two wraps. Think about the steers. When you look at a pen of steers, if you have one pen that's over there by himself with his head down, maybe breathing a little bit heavy, you know that steer is going to be a little bit different, or you think he might be, yeah. right? But if you have a dominant steer that's you know, 80 pounds heavier and everything, pushing everything else around. What does that tell you? So I'm breaking down that animal, thinking about what that animal might potentially be like so then I can do my visualization after the fact, capitalizing where that animal is. Right. Okay. So then again, more visualization. Visualizing everything from the dirt in the arena to the sound to the size of the box to my start on that particular calf. Or steer if you're a team roper. Now, once I'm at that point, let's say the rodeo, uh, we, I've done that all the way through warming up my horse, thinking about what I need to do with my horse. Then I'm back there behind. And they're going through the events and calf roping's coming up or whatever event's coming up that you're going to do. The very next thing I always do is movement and stretching. Always. Every time. If anybody's watched me behind the box at the NFR or any rodeo on TV, I'm always jumping up and down. Right. There's a reason that I jump up and down. It's not because I'm, you know, I just like to jump. No, because positive movement releases endorphins into my body, which makes me feel good and makes puts my mind in a state to win. Okay. Now, take that on the flip side. Let's say you just stand still. Like, let's say you just stand still. Your shoulders are forward. Your chest is back. And you're just sitting on your horse calmly waiting to go. Okay. What do you think that's going to do to your confidence, your mindset? Anytime your mind is not occupied with something positive, something negative will enter your mind. Right. If you're sitting on your horse and you're still and you're not doing anything, it's a breeding ground for negative thoughts to pop in. So for myself, when I'm getting ready to go, I'm jumping up and down. I'm focused on the start. I'm focused on winning. I think about the crowd, you know, hollering my name saying, good job. I think about doing an interview afterwards with the person. I think about my Instagram post, you know, after the fact. I'm thinking about how great I'm going to tell everybody my horse is, you know, and how awesome my horse did. So I'm priming my mind for all these things that I want to do before my competition. The number one thing that I see rodeo athletes do is stand still. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's. When your mind is empty, it's a breeding ground for negativity. Right. What do you do with the negative thoughts? Because, I, I mean, like visualizing especially. Let's say yeah. you're saddling, you're running them, you miss. Something happens. You miss In the up. visualization. Yes. It, yeah. Or does that happen to you? All the time. Okay. What do you do? 
Yeah, I kick its ass. <laughs> no, I, I'm literally right. serious. Like, um, there, there's a couple of different visualizations that I do. One is that my life is like an open book. Like, I, I don't, like, I literally don't shelter, like, almost any part of my life. Like, how I am, the stuff I put out there, that's literally me. I'm a little bit weird. I'm a little bit goofy. I love my family. I love open. Like, <laughs> that's me yeah. in a nutshell. And <clears throat> I just envision my life as an open book. And I'm writing the story. And this thing happens as I'm writing the story. Well, I control the pages. You know that notebook that you had in high school when you messed up on a piece of notes or maybe it was supposed to be a notebook, but you were writing a note to your girlfriend or something like that and you didn't want the teacher to see as she was walking by. You just ripped it out and you crumpled it up really quick. Yeah. It's a notebook. I can grab that piece of paper out. I can rip that sucker up. I can throw it in the trash can. I can throw it out the window. I can do any and all that stuff. I actually envisualize that, okay? And I kick it out. It's right. like what Paul says, take every thought captive and submit it to the will, submit it to Christ. Whether you're a Christian or not Christian, but taking negative thoughts captive is an insane thing that every single person should be doing. They think that there's something wrong with them for having that negative thought, but the truth is that negative thought was given to them by somebody else or some life experience early on. Right. Okay. I know that. I recognize that. I still take control of it. I rip the page of the book or the notebook. I crumple it up. I throw it in the crash, trash can. That's one thing I do. The second thing that I do is I envision it as like something else. Like that person missed in my mind. Oh, well, that's not me. That's not me. That's something else. And oh, by the way, I'm going to punch it in the face. Yeah. Like I'm literally going to punch it in the face. That's not me. That thing was something else put that in there. Something that happened to me in my childhood, something that happened to me in practice last week, something that happened to me on the way to the rodeo, a flat tire, losing an axle. I mean, all this stuff is trying to steal you your success in the arena. And so I envision that thing as something else and I just punch it. Right. I'm a very like, like I don't love confrontation, but like I, it doesn't bother me to talk about difficult things. Like, right. So it doesn't bother me to say, okay, that's not me. Something else tried to give that to me, but that's not me and get the hell out of here. And bam, I just punch it. And then I just start my process over again. Start my process over again. Same thing. I like that. And and you're moving it out of the way because then it's like, you know, you you can acknowledge the like something that pops in and you're just replacing it with the yeah. process, with the how-to and... But that. you got to kick it out. You got to get it out away from you. Yes. And listen, for those of you that try this once, you're going to have a negative thought. You're going to try to replace it. You're going to start back on the process and then it's going to happen again. Right. And it's going to happen again and again and again and again and again and again and again. But the truth is the the battle is always going to be there. You just have to become a better warrior. That's the truth of the matter. It's like Marcus Aurelius, the gladiator, the most, you know, dude in the arena. He didn't wish that the battle wasn't there. He just was the best warrior. Right. Like he just got better than everybody else and whipped everybody's butt. Yeah, you 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 won a battle and you you accept it. So let, let's say like this, for example, do you would you watch a like if a negative thought's coming up, mm-hmm. would you watch a positive performance or how do you try to how do you like for someone that maybe they don't they haven't done it right they haven't yeah. they have they haven't done it yet right mm-hmm. whatever their goal is they haven't done it they're trying to get there so negative thoughts keep popping in mm-hmm. 
are there ways that you'll watch video or study things or try to get like books from athletes or what what do you try to do to like get more of that that positive that warrior mentality or to see those great performances what are ways that you do that when when you're especially probably younger you know what i mean when yeah. it's, it's not fresh like so every person in my mentorship program has the ability to create their own highlight reel highlight reel is the most important thing that you could ever have i have a video it's seven minutes long of me making seven second runs at the nfr that's yeah. like literally that's what i do i mean it's it's seven minutes long of me making amazing runs at the nfr and every single time i put my mind back there I listen to the music. I listen to the crowd. I make the run. I am jacked and ready to roll. Now, you might be saying, well, Tyson, I don't have you know seven minutes of runs at the NFR. Yeah, but you have a good practice. One, just where you play one. You just need one. Yeah. Put that sucker on loop. Add some wicked music to it and live in it and vibe in it. Okay, so you have to know where you're at to know where you want to go. Okay, so that highlight reel needs to be a living document. Okay, so however you put that thing together, if you're using Splice or, you know, whatever, you know, app on your iPhone, keep that thing in there because when you get a better run, it needs to replace something else. Right. Okay, I watch my highlight reel all the time. Anytime I'm feeling down, I watch my highlight reel. Anytime I need a little pick-me-up, I watch my highlight reel. I pair that with positive movement, jumping jacks, moving up and down, exercise, anything to put my body in motion, I'm back, baby. I'm ready to roll. And the thing about the highlight reel is everybody can have one. If you're a freaking uh, a breakaway roper and you're just starting out, find that one run. Okay, it could be you just roping the bale of uh, the dummy on the ground. That's all you have to do: roping the dummy on the ground. Video yourself roping the dummy on the ground. Get two or three good loops. Put some music to it. Ready to roll. And then stair step up. You catch one off a horse. That now goes in your highlight reel. You catch one at a rodeo, one gets knocked out, another one gets in your highlight reel. You catch one at pro rodeo, that goes in, you know, you knock the other one out of the highlight reel and it's constantly, it's an evolving document that grows and grows and grows and gets better and better. Well, and it can feed into things because I, I, I do the same thing. Um, I watch, like, I'm pretty blessed because my wife got a pretty good camera and, <laughs> you know, the very, it doesn't happen that yeah. often, but I can get her to, to video me. And, and what I'll do is I'll look at the things that I did right. Yeah. And then I keep thinking, I'm like, man, I did that really good. And I, yeah. and I, when I watch it again, I just start seeing these little things and I don't pick myself apart. I'm like, I, I try to see it in a positive manner. And when I see those things, it's just like a highlight reel. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, because that's yeah. a, I think that's one thing we as competitors are someone that you got to be careful because everyone, when they tell you good job, they want to be like, oh, well, I got lucky. Or or I, that's it, what you're telling yourself. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, I barely caught that steer. Well, no, it was the hardest steer to rope. And this yeah. I did all of these things right. And I was able to turn it. I will, I will tell you one thing about positive affirmation. Basically, what you're saying is, mm -hmm. you know, you're using positivity to rid out negativity. That works on the short term, but the long term is you have to deal with the negative emotions and the negative thoughts for that to really work. So I see a lot of guys that are happy-go-lucky dudes, that great attitudes, but they never seem to figure out how to win. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think it's because they haven't dealt with deep-seated insecurities in their mind and in their heart. They haven't opened up that can of worms and fixed it and healed it. You know, um, personal thought. Um, I am a constant work in progress. Right. I've had so many things I've had to come overcome. Mentally, 
uh, physically, financially, every way. But the I think like one of my superpowers is like my ability to just open up that can of worms and like get to work. Just like it, I'm not scared to say that I sucked at something. Right. You know, because I know once I open it up, I take its power away. Yeah, and and sucked. Like I don't, you don't suck. You <laughs> sucked at something, and when you were doing it, you probably weren't telling yourself that you sucked. You're like, this is a struggle, or this is, you know, this is what I need to be doing. And you're like, start, like you just start hacking at it. You just start chopping the tree down of whatever this problem or this thing is you're trying to do, and you're focused on how to exactly how, how to take it down. Exactly, but I will tell you, there are a lot of times I told myself I suck. Yeah. Okay. Like, and, and, I, and it really depends on the personality of the individual, right? So some people, you know, maybe they were like told they were no good from the time they were born and they'd never amount to anything. And, and they don't, that like, it takes them back to their childhood when they hear like trigger words, right? So maybe they don't need to say that, right? But there's other individuals who'd like to fight. Yeah. Some people like to fight. I grew up liking to fight. That's just... In our house, you were viewed as tough if you could fight, and if you couldn't, you're a wuss. You're, you know, and so like, um, I'm not saying I like it every single day, but sometimes if I made a mistake two or three times, I'll say, Tyson, you suck. Pull your head out of your butt. Let's go. Let's get this back. So I might say that, but then it's used as motivation. Right. Right. It's not. I don't really say like, Tyson, you suck, and then I'm like, oh man, I suck. Oh, gosh, I'm never going to make it. I suck. No, it's not like that. It's like, you suck. All right, now let's go kick butt. Let's get back. Let's get our head in the game. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? So it just really depends on the individual as to how you talk to yourself. Yeah, because it's uh, for me, I, I try to be real careful with this one yeah. because um, I'll come back and and if I mess up, I'm like, I sucked. And and I'll <laughs> say that. And in my, in my mind, I I don't suck. I I confident. You don't mean it. But I'm like I, there. That was a mistake. I'm pretty upset about it, uh, and I sucked. But yeah. I I, I kind of I use it that way. But I, it's a it's a slippery slope because if you do it two or three times in a row, yeah, then you might start to identify as that. Like oh, I, when I when I get in the mm. pressure situations, I suck. It boils down to my ten minute rule. It's, when, Let's talk about 10 minutes. So, <laughs> this, Have you heard this, that term before? Oh, yeah. Okay, I know okay. exactly where yeah. we're going with this. <laughs> I, well, I'll set it up. Um, I, I'm, I'm really good about it now. Five years ago, when I missed a steer, especially if all the guys were there, big slacks, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone kind of, that my peers are there. When I missed him, the first thing, I wasn't even, my rope had maybe not even hit the ground <laughs> yet, and I missed him, and I'm like, I suck. I don't belong here. Yeah. I, I'm not good enough. And these thoughts just boom, boom, boom. They pop into my head so fast. Yeah. And you're so upset when you make a mistake rodeo. And, and it's really weird because we have this one little chance and probably your last dime to enter yeah, too. Like it with the fees were 400 and you had $427 in your yeah. account. Like <laughs> it's, it's, you ain't a cowboy unless you spend your last dime trying to rope or rodeo, you know? Yes, exactly. There's a lot riding and you yeah. fail and you have all of these emotions yeah. that pop in and they're probably really natural to think all these things. So for the next 10 minutes, what's that look like for you? Yeah. So, uh, I got this thing that I teach, you know, it's a, it's the 10 minute rule. And, um, at the end of the day, you know, I could break it down deeper, but it's the end of the day. I give myself 10 minutes and in then 10 minute window, as long as it's not seen by anybody, I can do whatever I want. I can, you know, I can get mad. I can, get upset. I can, you know, in this stage of the game, I've been doing this so long that it's like, 
a frowny face for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I was 21, it was a smash hat and a broken rope can, yeah. you know? So, um, it's evolved and I've grown, but the truth is I give myself 10 minutes and once the 10 minutes is up, that's it. It doesn't belong to me and I want to move forward. And here's how I came to this realization that, all right, I got 10 minutes and that's it is because I recognized that one failure led to another. Right. And if I let it affect me too much at one rodeo, it was going to lead to the next rodeo, the next rodeo, the next competition, the next competition, the next competition. Pretty soon you get in a, what's called a slump. I mean, can anybody relate to a slump in rodeo? I mean, come on, man. Yeah. So I realized that the quicker I could get over something, the less I would fall into slumps. And right. I thought, wow, okay, all right. So I understand this. Now let's put together a strategy and a plan in place to get it done. Because, you know, you can say that you want to do something, but until you're actually diligent, you work at it, it's not going to happen. So I, I literally would get done. I look at my watch or my phone or whatever it is I had. I say, all right, I can be mad. I can be upset. I can freak out. I can smash my rope can. I can do whatever I want. But at the end of 10 minutes, I'm over it. Right. And I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to replace Right? I, I have this thing I call NTR, negative thought recognition. So I NTR that sucker out of there, negative thought recognition. I know I'm pissed. I know I'm pissed off. And I RTR, rapid thought replacement. Okay, so I have, I'm weird. Like I've got all these like yeah. little things that I do. Uh, so I, I, I know the negative thoughts there. And then I RTR, rapid thought replace it. I immediately think of getting married to my wife, the birth of a children, winning a world championship, highlight reel, any and all that stuff to change my state. If I need to, I'll go work out. I'll stretch. I'll pair it with movement. Bam, I'm back ready to roll again. I think that it is such a strong thing because... The slump can be what we identify. We might become Ooh. a loser because of yeah. this negative talk and it rolls over. Yeah. And these fits, these 10 minutes where we just are so, it, it turns into 20 and it turns into a <laughs> Two, three ride. days, four days, yeah. five days. Hey, let's go to the bar. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. that, there's some truth to that. I know I'm laughing, but there's some truth to that. Well, and how many times, I can name numerous times, I would go drink after a couple of bad, like, yeah, and, man. And, and what it does, it just takes me out of my- uh, It just numbs you. It, it lets me it, escape. It, it lets you escape. Again, and I'm going to call a lot of people out with this, it's because they don't want to deal with a can of worms. Well, yeah. If you They think, don't want to deal with it. It's easier to just do that than it is to deal with it. If you think about like alcohol, a lot of like drugs, what do they, they do? They, They're they, escape, man. Yeah, they kind of take you away from that. Or they can allow you to put you in the moment. And, yeah. and you don't have to worry about what's, what the reality is coming up. And it's, so it's just this nice, uh, escape from reality. And, and I think that is, uh, it's a really dangerous, it's destructive. So dangerous. Yeah. And here I'm not, I'm not saying that a person shouldn't drink a beer or have fun. Like I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I personally don't drink. That's just me, but I'm not saying that having a beer is, is like the worst thing in the world and you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying that when it's used as an escape, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. I, I will have a beer. Yeah, I, sure. I, I, I don't mind it. Um, I'll have too many sometimes too, <laughs> but, uh, I also try not to lean on anything. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and, and that's, I think that's the biggest thing is we're, we're discovering who ourself is, like who we are. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're also trying to create this, uh, we're writing our story, right? Like, yeah. like you're saying, it, it, it totally makes sense. So as we have these, these 10 minutes, I tried to look at it like this. I tried to lose like a winner. Okay. And 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 what I do is I see the 
Kobe Bryant's, the Michael Jordan's. Yeah. Like, what are they yeah. going to do? Well, they're going to take the loss and they're going to own it. And they're going to say, what did you do? And say, I messed up and I made a mistake and I'm going to take that to my practice and mm -hmm. I'm going to self-evaluate and I'll, yeah. I'm going to channel that into positive work ethic. Yeah. And, and then it's like, okay, if I can do those things, then it's like, I'm actually failing is kind of in a bad way. It's good. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, it sucks cause you got to go through it. But if you look at it like that each time, well, I just got, I'm just going to work at these things. I'm just going to, you know, I need to next practice session or I, I might get up earlier, stay up later, yeah. rope the dummy action, yeah. just whatever it is. You so take it out. I, I actually read a really cool quote the other day and, it, and Bart Miller actually posted it. He's got these things where he writes quotes out. Shout and, out to Bart. Yeah. Shout out to Bart. And uh, the quote basically said that winners lose more than losers. And I was like, blah, like, yeah, yes, we do. Like, I've lost so much of my life. I was not the 12 and under stud. I was not the high school, like, national champion stand. I was good in the state of Missouri, like, you know, top couple. Um, but I wasn't, like, the standout my rookie season. I didn't win rookie of the year. Um, I, I didn't, you know, ever, like, I wasn't, world championship wasn't easy for me. Like yeah. I was there like five times, you know, and I've only done it once, like in a real legitimate shot to win a championship. So I'm not a Kobe Bryant. I'm not a Michael Jordan, but I'm not trying to be those guys. I'm trying to max out my ability and through a heck of a lot of failure and reflection and learning, I was able to build the foundation that it took to be a champ. Right. Well, it's just perspective too, because yeah. we've won the world, right? But you've had four other times that you could look at it got like- done. I, I lost a, a world title. And yeah. you could literally say that. But the correct way is to actually understand it for what it is. And it's yeah. one of the hardest things to do. You're in an elite group of people when you win a world title. It takes a lot of special things. Some stuff has to go your way. And if you can understand that, you you can have a healthy lifestyle too, right? Like, and, and it's so important to realize that everybody's path is different than the next person. Yeah, I was hung up so many years. I was so jealous of Tough Cooper. Yeah, like I was, and Tough and I are friends now. We've talked about this. Um, I was so jealous of him because he was so good at eighteen years old. Try try being like nineteen or twenty, and we watch it, and I was like, Ugh. yeah, like he was just so good. I was so jealous, and I'm like, oh my gosh, tough is a world champ at you know nineteen years old, and here I am like twenty six, and I'm not one. You know, like what is wrong with me? What did I do? You know, he's and then I then I flipped it. I was like, what is wrong with me? And then I was like, oh, it's because he's you know Roy's son, or oh, it's because Trevor's been coaching. And then so at the end of the day, I realized like, oh, stop being a wussy. And realize that your path is your path. The more I focused on him, the less I was working on me. Okay. Right. And I actually went from being jealous to rooting for him. Like, I want anybody that I'm competing at to go be amazing. And I've said this before. I want them to go be seven flat, six, nine, make amazing runs. I just want to be that much better. Yeah. I just want to be that much just better. And that doesn't mean that I want anybody to do wrong because I don't. I want them to win. I just want to beat them. Yeah, right? you, you want them to do great, and then you want to beat them. And then, and then, and here's the deal: the more time you waste worrying about what they're doing, the things that they have, the more you're robbing yourself. When you rob yourself day in and day out, you're caught in what I call the comparison trap. It's a cyclical trap that justifies your state. The more you're caught in the comparison trap, 
the comparison trap, the more you'll live in mediocrity. Right. And you weren't created to be mediocre. None of us were. Every single person has gifts, talents, abilities, and greatness that they can give and help others with. It's just up to them if they actually develop it or not. So there's a couple of things there that are, uh, I think, really important to, to talk about. The first one is, as we do things, we can come up with excuses, right? Mm-hmm. We can say, oh, I don't have this because I didn't have that. And what keeps happening, and if someone doesn't believe that, they should go back and listen to probably every one of these podcasts that we've done. And yeah. everyone started from zero, and they have done great things with their life, and they're yeah. not making excuses. And I think that's – excuses are – they're hard to identify. How do you try to do that um, and know like, hey, this is actually – this is just bad luck or am I making an excuse of why I'm not getting what I want? Yeah, so um, I don't believe in excuses. Okay. I, I literally don't believe in them. I mean they're, they're just fake. It's another trick. I call it the enemy. Like I know there's a hidden enemy out there that wants to steal my greatness, wants to steal yeah. my ability, wants to take it all from me and give it to somebody else. And I refuse to let that happen. Right. So I don't justify anything. Um, excuses are nothing more than justification for you to be in a lowly state. Right. And usually we're taught this as a child. Like let's take for example, little Joey. Oh, little hey, little Joey, how are you, little Joey? Oh, he, you know, he can't run and play with the kids because he's little Joey. You know, he he's got problems with his legs. He's he's little Joey. Then he's in middle school. Oh, you know what? Little Joey can't go, you know, play in field day because you know he's got this. Oh, little Joey can't do that. When that little Joey gets to be 18, 21, 22, what do you think he's going to do for his, the rest of his life? Right. He's going to say, I can't do that because you know I got this thing, and I just no. Little Joey had never been taught that, yeah, you know what? You might have something that's going on with you, but you're still a damn champion. You can still get out there and compete. What if we started looking at just the competition as winning? Yeah. What if we started looking at, you know, getting your butt in the game as being a winner? See, we like to put people who have gold belt buckles up on a pedestal, but the truth is they're no different than anybody else. Right. I I, I listened to this thing by Ed Milet, Ed Milet the other day. He was talking about a, a lady at the gym, and it really rocked me. And I'm actually getting goosebumps talking about this. Can you see those? Can I, you can, see those? I can see it from here. Yeah, so he was talking about – he and, and Ed Milet, if you guys don't know who he is, he's a he's a, a peak performance expert, businessman. He's jacked. This dude's got muscles that I can only dream about. I mean, he you could tell he goes to the gym every day. He's worked out every day his entire life, and he's dedicated himself to peak performance. Okay, that's great. So he goes to the gym one day. He sees this lady in there, and she's in a wheelchair, and – and she's just working her tail off. She's working hard. And she's, you know, she's overweight. She's big. Like, yeah. she's, a, she's a big gal. And, he, of course, he lives in the Los Angeles area. So he's there and the girls are in their halter tops. And it's all, you know. He said, but I couldn't help but notice this lady. This lady just kept drawing my attention because she was working her tail off. She was doing the exercises. He's like, do you not realize the amount of mental demons she had to overcome just to go to the gym? She could have said, hey, I want to sit at home today because, you know, my, I, I, I can't. You know, physically, I, I can't. But she said, no, I'm going to go make a difference with my life. Do you think that she didn't have to worry about the, what the other girls were wearing or what the other girls looked like or, you know, and compare herself to, to them? Yeah, she did. He walked over to her. He said, you know what? You inspire me. I'm actually getting a little bit emotional about this um, <clears throat> because 
what you're doing is something that almost nobody will do. You're exposing your weaknesses and you're trying to move forward and you're not justifying where you're at. Right. And he just went up to her and he acknowledged her and told her that she was beautiful and amazing. And the truth is that if more people had the guts of that woman, I think that uh, we'd be in a lot better state right now. Yeah, we, if we could look at things like our biggest insecurities and, and really go after them, what makes us insecure and say, hey, I want to do it anyways. And you're, you're being true to your purpose in this world, right? Because a lot of things are going to happen to us that yeah. are out of our control. So the only thing we can really control are our mind, our actions, right? Yeah. So understanding, being able to identify those as like, hey, if if you're not where you're at, where you want to be, why? It's all, and if it's on you, then you can fix it. Yeah. And it starts there. So being able to identify, hey, I, whatever it is you're insecure with or whatever excuses, I think that's a, it's a, it's very dangerous because well, rodeoing, for example, let's let's just say you've got a thirty-five percent win percentage, right? I think that's pretty decent. Uh, that's NFR probably thirty-five mm-hmm. percent. So, you go to a hundred rodeos in a year. Seventy-five of those rodeos you didn't win. The it's next- actually more than that. You know why? Because a lot of those rodeos were two headers. <laughs> yeah, and you placed on one. <laughs> so there's there, the losing is higher. But yeah, yeah go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry, dude. Well, no, no, no. You've you've lost a lot. Yeah, so I mean, much. And and that's and that's a and that's a good year. This is a good year, right? Yeah. This is a good year. This ain't even a bad year. But that means the next day, someone that you care about is probably talked to you. How'd it go yesterday? And you've you got bring to bring it up. You've got to tell them I didn't do any good. Well, how do you answer that? You know. Uh, when we are talking to the people that we care about and we want, we don't want to let down. Yeah. Well, it's easy for an excuse to pop in and there's, it is. and there's all these things and it, it doesn't, it doesn't build a healthy character. If you say, well, my partner did this or my horse did this, or we drew, you know, we drew bad or like uh, you, you've got to find the ways to say, Hey, you know what? We had a strong steer. I was a little bit off the barrier. I think I could have had a chance. If you if you start saying, start owning it, but talking yeah. about the ways to 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 make it better. Yeah, to perform, and and even if you didn't have a chance, because there's a lot of times roping calves probably more than team roping. Hmm. You're going to draw calves that are kick or run up the rope. Yeah, or, yeah. they're yeah. they're really tough. And and if you look at it like, ah, oh, I've just been drawing, you know, drawing bad. Well, that's that's your excuse. That's you we talked about earlier. It, it's more likely to happen. Yeah. But if you can say, oh, "Man, if I would have just been a little bit sharper right here, I could have done this, and that might have got it. That might have got me by him." Or you know, like you start prepping yourself and you start focusing on how to actually win, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's to me. I just don't justify. I mean, I just refuse to because I I realize like you know. Little things lead to big, th- big things, and if I justify one thing, it's going to lead to something else, to something else, to something else. Pretty soon, I'm justifying something that didn't need to be justified. I just needed to say, hey, you know, if I was sharper here, I could have fixed that. That calf ran up the rope. Well, I should have played my slack a little bit better and should have rode my horse a little bit differently. I could have got him on his shoulder and caught him coming up off the ground before he beat me up the rope. And so I just choose, I just choose not to justify because I know that it's just stealing me of, you know, stealing the greatness away from my life that I feel like I deserve. And every one of, 
everybody else deserves it too. It's just a trap and a trick, much like fear, much like failure. All those things are not even real. They're things that people create and they put it in their minds and and it keeps them locked in their little bubble and keeps them from doing amazing things. Do you try to attack those, like identify them and attack them? Oh, 100%. How do you identify those things? Like, Is it like a little fear or how do you... How do you even figure out what they are? Well, I mean, it goes back to my uh, NTR negative thought recognition system or my thought recognition system. And so I'm always monitoring my mind, much like a computer software uh, and an antivirus is monitoring your computer, like wondering what's in there, what's not supposed to be. And at the end of the day, I'm constantly like, okay, what are my fears? And, and here's the deal. Most people, they think they're just like, they have so many fears and they're so insecure. But here's the truth. If you would write down all the fears that you have on a piece of paper, you write them down. Maybe it could be, nobody loves me because this person, you know, broke up with me. Um, I'll never have any money. Um, I can, I, I wasn't good enough for, for that job. Uh, in any of those, you write your fears down. You write them down, you take their power away. Right. And then you create a plan to overcome them. So to give an example, um, for years I had a fear of being injured again, breaking my leg. Yeah. I snapped my leg, uh, getting off, rope in a calf, uh, which was caused by an, an anger issue. Okay. Um, and so for years I worried that I would snap my leg again. And the doctor said what every doctor says, you know, you may not want to rope ever again because if you do it again, you'll be done forever. Yeah. You know, he was protecting himself, but it put a huge amount of fear into me as a teenager. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, if I, if I break my leg again, then I'm not going to achieve my dream of being a world champion and making the NFR. And then if I break my leg again, I won't have any money. And then they'll take my truck and my trailer and that's all I own. So, uh, you know, so they'll take everything I've worked my entire life for. And so like one thing that you have to know about with fear is number one, that it's not real. Number two, that if you recognize it and expose it, it gets weaker. And number three, if you don't, it grows. Right. Okay. You've got to know that about fear. And for me, I, I, I number one, expose it. I document it. I create a plan to overcome it. I go back to my uh, rapid thought or negative thought recognition. I punch it in the face. I write it in the book. I rip it out. I throw it away. And then I rapid thought replace it. RTR. Bam, bam, bam. Get some movement. And all that stuff, you know, stuff we talked about already. And I'm I'm back in my zone again. And it's always the same process. Yeah. It's always the same. People think that success is like sexy. Like, oh, he drives a Lamborghini because he's like this amazing, like, you know, stock trader or something like that. Oh, he's so much more. No, he's just got a process. And he does those five steps over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Success seems to me that it's being able to do the same thing over and over again and it's so boring and it's just like those guys that can do they whatever it is they grind every single day and and then it they they just master whatever they're grinding it's the ability not to chase white rabbits down never-ending holes yeah like uh i was reading a book the other day um alice in wonderland it to my daughter and i'm like this this book and it's like some spinoff of Alice in Wonderland. It's like a the the three minute you know before bedtime. Yeah. And what the heck does she do? I mean, how do we expect our kids not to chase white rabbits and go on goose chases all over the place when they're reading a children's book where the little girl chases a white rabbit to a never ending gumdrop land where people like? I mean, it's just like 
unbelievable. And the truth of the matter is, so much of my younger years was chased on trying to make money because I never had any money, like no money, zero. And I was like, you know what? If I just had money, then I'll be happy. Right. And I thought, and then, then I got some money. I mean, it took me a long time to figure out how to get money, but I actually, ironically, I learned how to make money after I quit learning how to make money. Like I, once I let it go, I was like, okay, I don't, I'm doing this because I love it. I started making way more. Right. Right. And so once I let go of chasing white rabbits all over the place, man, I, I've had rental properties. I've gutted rental properties. I've bought and traded land. I've had a t-shirt business. I had like a, a mug business, like print, like printing like things on on mugs uh i had a saddle business um i've i've been involved in a lot of different businesses over the years and the only few that have been like really successful and have grown are the ones that i stuck with over time and i did it because i loved it i wasn't chasing the money like it just wasn't chasing the money i chased the lifestyle, the happiness, the fulfillment like our belt buckle business um you guys have done business with us for a long time I just like love the enjoyment that somebody gets when they get a, a prize that they love. Yep. Like, do you know what? Like, literally, we send out thousands of belt buckles a year. Every single person that gets one of those buckles is filled with joy. We're connecting ourselves with thousands of people, bringing them joy every time they get that prize for doing something good. Why do you think I have a mentorship program? Bringing joy to people. Bringing happy. Why do I do all the that I do on social media with all the positive posts. I'm bringing joy to people. It's always about serving the other people and bringing joy to their life. And if you just do that day in and day out, and you don't get distracted on get rich quick schemes because promise, I promise you, they just do not work. Anybody that's promising you to make a million dollars in you know seven days from the comfort of your own home, like to run. Yeah. If they're promising you results like financial results immediately, run. Don't, I've well, I've been taken advantage of so many times on get rich quick schemes. So just run from them. Well, the the hard part about it is even like they could say instead of get rich, they could just say, "Hey, take this pill, and you could be yeah. the, the best in oh. the world. You could be the strongest person. You could be the best calf rubber, the best team rubber in the world. Take this pill." Well, then you got to live with not deserving it. The work you, is what makes the reward worthwhile. The process of everything, yeah. the actual, because. To me, and I, you, you could tell me if the, how you see it, but my favorite moments have always been from overcoming something or like working really hard, like it being training my own horse to competing mm-hmm. on them, like like placed at a big roping and literally a horse that we raised is, is what I wrote. And I'm like, yeah. man, this is, I, I'm probably as happy as anyone that's won a world title. I mean, maybe not, but I, I think I am at yeah. that moment. And and so that, you know, you there was 10 years of work on this horse yeah. before that moment. And so you, you take away these, you know, the, this process. And I, I think that's where, you know, we're, go, we're really going with this whole, the, the last part of this conversation was the ability to stay with it. Yeah. It means you're doing what you love. You're passionate about it. You you like the day in and day out, the grind. Like those people, that's what it, you know, they, the, it's weird because, you know, motivations is this, it's this odd thing to me. I have the hardest <laughs> time with it because I feel like I should self-motivate, right? I feel like I should be raw. Like I, I should just go. And there's days where I just, I don't want to do it. Like I, I mean, there's just times where you, 
you're just tired of that little deal and whatever it is. And I get it done and I'm like, wow, that was, that was nice to get that done. You know, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's working and editing a bunch of videos or whatever it is, you know, but when I get it done, I'm like, I'm looking at the end product. like, okay, that was good. It was worth it. But there's just these times where you got to be able to motivate. How, How do you do that? How do you stay motivated or try to find that motivation to, to, to keep moving forward? Let me tell you, first of all, uh, that you're just a human being and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Every single person in the planet struggles with motivation at one point or another. It's that if you have the process to get it back. Yeah. Most people haven't been taught the process. Again, how do you expect most people to understand the process of getting motiv- motivation back if they've never been taught it? They weren't taught it in school. Their parents didn't know it. The only way that you figure it out is, again, through years of grinding and working and deciding you want to be happy and reading self-help books and YouTube videos and all that stuff. And the truth is, they just haven't been taught. So how, how would we expect them to be motivated every single day? How, how do you expect yourself to be motivated? You have to have daily discipline, daily discipline to get it done. And the truth about motivation is, I actually did a podcast on this, and it's called The Truth of Motivation, is that it's much like a shower. I recommend that you take it every single day. Yeah. Every day you got to find motivation. Every day I start my day with no motivation. Every day I end my day with motivation. Throughout the day, if I'm feeling down, if I'm not feeling pumped up, um, I'm going to YouTube, man. Yeah. I'm reading a book. I'm trying to figure out how what's going to motivate me, what's going to inspire me. And the truth of the matter is you got to do what you freaking love. Because if you hate what you do every single day, you're not going to find motivation to keep moving forward. You're just not. And... Um, the number one thing I want to tell you about motivation, if you're not feeling motivated and you're not feeling inspired, it's not your fault. You're normal. Yeah. I think so many people are like, oh, I'm I'm unmotivated and I just don't have any energy and I just don't like what I'm doing. Did you recognize the thing that I said all along? I kept saying I. I this. I'm unmotivated. I'm undisciplined. I don't feel good. What is What does that mean? You're focused on you. You want to get motivation? Serve others because you're serving something bigger than yourself. You're helping people. And for me, so much of my motivation is driven by serving other people and helping other people. I love it. I like, I'm passionate about it. And the more I can be a better Tyson, the more I can serve and the more I can help people. And it's cyclical. Like so much about motivation and energy and all this stuff is, you know, what are you consuming every day? What type of foods are you eating? Are you taking any supplements? Are you trying to get better? Or are you just stuck and you just don't know what to do? Most people are stuck and don't know what to do and they don't realize that it's eating greasy fries five days of the week that just weighs them down and makes them feel sick. They don't realize they haven't been taught eating habits. They haven't been taught discipline habits about how to find motivation. They're not constantly seeking personal growth. Right, and it's not their fault. They just haven't been taught what to do. Yeah, I'm. I mean, so many people, and and this is where a lot of us get other people's beliefs pushed on to us. Of course, it might be parents. It might be yeah. uh, just riding around at a rodeo, whatever. Yeah. And these beliefs get pushed on to us that we didn't even know, like we had nothing. We're just kind of a victim of it. And you got to be able to identify that sometimes because they're like someone that they, they, I, we hear this a lot. Iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. Proverbs 
2717, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Well, how do you know if you're not with iron? You know what I mean? How do <laughs> they you... go negative? Yeah. And and you've got to start identifying those things like, yeah. oh, hey, that I don't believe that. And you got to st- start questioning things that are said. And and as soon as you can question it, right? I mean, I, I feel like you got a lot. <laughs> go ahead. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. You, trust but verify. Yeah. Hey, Bob, I trust you. I like you. But I'm going to verify that what you're saying is is very true. Ronald Reagan said that back in the 80s. Trust but verify. He probably said it a lot better than I did. But the truth is like, hey, you know, I like you. I respect you. I think you're a great person. But you know what? The moment you start bringing negativity to me is the moment that I've got to have to limit your, you know, access to me. And for a lot of years, man, I would get done at rodeos and I'd go to my trailer and I'd read books and I'd learn another language and I'd go watch movies and I'd be by myself. Man, I was an isolationist for a good seven, eight years. Yeah. Like, because I knew the power of the mind and I knew how quickly that talking to somebody else about their bad day was going to steal my future. So I would literally just like limit my exposure to them. doesn't mean that I'm not their friend. doesn't mean that, hey, if they need a calf push, I'm going to push their calf or cheer them on or anything like that. It just means that I can't accept their negativity because I am an elite performer and I have to go do my job in the arena. And if I don't do that, my family don't eat. Yeah. You know, so I am very conscious of my surroundings, what they're saying, what words they're using. Noticing that if your friends your friends' word are skewing negative a lot, that's their mindset. Don't let them push that on you. And and here's the deal, they don't even know they're doing it. Yeah, they they're just they're just letting go of things. They yeah. don't know they're doing it. And and that is exactly right. It it you know, I think it's like someone wants to talk about winning. Let's talk about how to win. Yeah. Right? Let's talk about how Not to Not about how bad the steers are. Yeah. Let's talk about it. And it, it, it turns into things like, well, I mean, I don't, was it a year or two ago? Belfouche, I see you over there. Yeah. It is muddy. And I'm telling you, this arena is bad. <laughs> and and you, we go over there and look at it, and I look at you, and I'm like, man, this guy, he's rubbed a lot in the mud because he's got his boots wrapped with duct tape or black tape. <laughs> and, you know, like you're, you're ready to go. And I'm, you know, I kind of talk to you about it, and it's not one bad thing about the conditions. It's not, yeah. you know, you're, you're, pre-competition right here you're 30 minutes before you go and this arena is like when we got done from there I, my partner and i talked about it was like man we hey i think i went eighth there i went eighth there that day it was like 12 5 or something really? like it was it was the worst i've ever seen it yeah i mean we we literally like i i run the steer and we get in the truck and we're like hey uh, next time it's that bad let's just turn it out like i, I don't want to you know yeah. it, it felt like my horse was in a bad spot like i didn't want to yeah. do that too many times but you know going into that and, and just like that you're able to create uh, uh, how many people had lost before they were even nodding their heads in every event that was there except maybe rough stock might be a little bit different because yeah. you know you kind of the feel of i'm sure of the horse and bull or whatever is different but you know when you're chasing an animal or, and, yeah. and doing that and and in those conditions it's hard it's just hard to it's hard to move it's hard to run it's hard to do everything yeah, yeah. and you can start thinking about all of these things that are really hard yeah. to do and yeah. then pretty soon you've, it, you've created a losing performance right it, it boils down to the justification most people are beat before they even back in the box yep and so you know i it's it's on one of my trainings in my mentorship program um that I, it's called bad weather focus. And so bad weather focus basically means that, hey, it's raining, 
and it sucks and it's muddy or the, the wind's blowing 10 million miles an hour and I don't, uh, I don't want to be here. What does your natural mind want to do? Your natural mind always wants to keep you safe. That's its job, to protect you, to keep you safe. What the hell in rodeo is safe? Nothing is safe in rodeo. Right. Right? Nothing in safe is safe about rodeo. So why listen to your mind on that one? Oh, it's a little bit, it's raining and I just don't feel like it today. Wake up, dude. You just drove 500 miles to be there and you're there and you're going to compete. You've done all the hard work. Get your mind right before you get in the game. The moment that you realize that 90% of the guys are beat before they even ride over to the arena is the day you realize that winning becomes easy when it's bad outside. Yeah, you've only got to be 10% of the competition now. And exactly, because I'm hungry. I yeah. want it. I want to win. Winning is the number one thing for me when I get to the arena. It, maybe for you, it's just competing or another person. That's okay. It depends on what level of the stage game is, but you can win the war of your mind. And if you're riding to the arena thinking, oh, I hope it's not bad. I hope it's not muddy. I can't believe it's raining. I never win in the rain. You're already beat, dude. But the thing is, you've already invested tens of thousands of dollars. You drove hundreds of miles. You got your horse out into the weather. Now you're, and then you probably drug your wife and your kids out there too. Hey, go be a champion. Yeah. Go be a champion. Wake up. And that's the way that I talk to myself prior to my competition, especially in bad weather, because everything in you when the weather is bad wants to just be like, yeah, maybe, maybe you shouldn't go this one. Yeah, maybe lay off on maybe this just, one. Maybe just back off. Maybe just back off. Yeah, you're, you're digging that, that kind of that grittiness out of yourself. And the more you can do that, well, if you've got that, then 10th round NFR, right? Yep. You can dig on that one well. Bell Fouch. Yeah. I did this. You know, like you start thinking about it, all these times. It just creates confidence, man. And and that's the thing. It's everybody wants confidence, but few people want to do the work that it takes to create it. Yeah, you everybody can do it. Right. Everybody can do it. I don't care where you come from, what your childhood was like, what you know, hand you were given, everybody can create confidence. You just gotta do the work. And I'm a big believer that every person deserves it. They do. Every person deserves to be confident. But it boils down to confidence. And if you let the weather frock you, then like you said, which is brilliant, the last go around of your state finals, your amateur finals, the you know, the World Series, it's gonna come knocking. That negativity is gonna come knocking, and you gotta know how to deal with it. And doing it day in and day out is how you gain it. Well, 2019, 10th round. How close was the world title for you going into the 10th round? I knew I was going to win the world. Yeah. It's actually the closest I'd ever been. Like I'd never been in the 10th round, like with it literally being there. It was like me and Haven Medjin and Shane Hanchi. It was like one, one of the three of us was going to be the champ. I spent the whole freaking day focused on that run. I spent time meditating. I spent extra time stretching. I mean, as far as peak performance... There was no way I wasn't going to be the champ. Right. No way. And then I go and make the run that I needed to make to be the champ. Yeah. Literally, I, I was like a seven something, like a long seven. And um, I made the run. My horse worked good. Everything was good. I drew the right calf. I'm like, number two, baby, here we come. Yeah. Let's go. And then Haven backed in the box and made a stud run on a mediocre calf. Yep. And he, and he won it by two tenths of a second. And I was like, Haven hadn't even been that fast all 10 rounds. 
he hadn't even been that close to the barrier all 10 rounds. Like, what, where did this guy come from? Right. And, you know, Haven is a great champion. Yeah. And I will honestly tell you, I am extremely proud of him for the man that he is and the roper that he is and how consistent he is. He's a great horse trainer. Um, but that one for me has been the hardest one to swallow. I still think about it to this day, like letting that one get away. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't let myself fix on it too much because I, I felt like I did everything I needed to do. I was running three miles a day prior to working out two hours, roping, flanking. I was the most prepared I've ever been for anything that year at the finals. And, um, and it just didn't work out, but I had to shake it off and keep moving forward. You know? Right. Well, there's a couple ways you can look at it too. Yeah. I told the same thing to, to Peyton Bray the, after yeah, the finals. Last I said, year. I said, Hey, I know, I know you didn't win the world, but you know, you can win the world. Yeah. If you healed the steer to win the world. Yeah. There was only one team and they had to win the round to beat you for a world title. And you had them in that spot. You healed one to win the world, and it's the same thing. You tied yeah. one down to be a world champion. Now you got you got beat, but that's not. It's more or less like it comes down to probably the the rodeo season, right? Like the little yeah. deals. Like if you could have just eliminated a couple more mistakes throughout the year, that would have been enough. You know, if you could have whatever it is, I think that's where it's like because you had a really good NFR, or there was probably yeah, a yeah. run in the NFR where hey, and then that's what you try to capitalize on. But you know, when it comes down to it. 10th round what you got you got to lay it out there three guys it's pretty it's really clear to what it takes to win the world here's the thing and i think every person you know can relate to this i can handle doing everything that i needed to do to be a winner and not getting there yeah i can't handle not trying that's what I can't handle. I if I would have like sat at home and ate ho hos every day and cupcakes and just like ah it'll be no it'll be all fine. I'll let my talent take over, and then lost it by that much. Then I would have freaked out. I'd have been upset. I would have been mad at myself. But when you work hard and you do everything that you can and it doesn't work out, it's a lot easier to let go of, because it's like what else was I supposed to do? Like. I ran the calves. I did the exercise. I worked my tail on the ground. I did everything that I was meant to do. And then that lets me realize that, you know what? It wasn't meant to be. And that's okay. That's yeah. totally okay. That's the beauty of the sport, right? It's There's so many variables in rodeo and in competing. That's why we compete. There's only know? one champion. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty narcissistic, narcissistic in any endeavor to think you are going to like year in and year out, be the number one person in the world. Like yeah. you have to be a little bit of a narcissist. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. A little bit of one is okay. You're truly believing in yourself, phenomenal. But when there's 5,000 other guys trying to do what you're trying to do, like if you do everything you want to do and you just don't quite get there, like you can live with yourself. Like I just can't live with myself if I didn't try. Right. You know? I, I, if I didn't try, like if God gave me the ability of a healthy body and the ability to go try and I was just too lazy to do it, that's what I couldn't live with. Yeah, because, you know, you're going to probably have to talk to him about that at some point. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I'll be honest, man, as far as the calf ropers and the younger guys in the game, um, you know, I, I don't go I don't go as much as I used to. You know, I used to go to every jackpot, everything, season young horses, yada, yada, yada. Now I'm more focused on my business and my family. Um but I will tell you, the young guys in the game, I'm so proud of them. Across a lot of events, 
Like I really feel good about the young talent in the rodeo game right now. I mean, a lot of good, good hearted guys, very talented. Um, and I, I just can't think of, you know, anybody that I just don't like, like I think they're, we're in such a good space right now. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of, cause what, what's happening with rodeo is it's getting to where if you're a true professional and you work at it day in and day out, you can make a living. Yeah. Yeah. And that it wasn't necessarily the thing you could do 20 years ago. You know, you almost at the end of your rodeo career. Yeah, you, you, you did some lessons job. or you got yeah. a job or you trained some horses or something. And that's still a natural transition. But I'll tell you what, you know, you take a, the, some of the young guys in the team roping or Shad Mayfield or myself, you know, you get good endorsement deals. You win good. You w- hit some big licks. Like you can literally set up a life that can set you free, you know, yeah. whereas it was never it was not easy before to do that. Yeah, you can uh, come out of a rodeo career with almost little debt. As opposed to the opposite way where yeah. you had a lot of depreciation and trucks, trailers, things like exactly. that. Exactly. And now yeah. it's like you can get ahead, get you know, get it where you're in positive equity in your vehicles, pay houses off, things like that. These guys are they're coming out of their rodeo careers. They still have to work. We all have to work. I mean Yeah, but you need a purpose. Everybody yeah. that's like literally the purpose in your life should be to like to, to do something. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you everybody has to do something. Yeah. All right, so I, I know we're running. We're about an hour and fifteen. You yeah. got t- you got time for one more? Let's do one it, baby. More, one more talk. Yes, sir. One more Let's topic roll. right here. Okay, so we've this has been pretty deep dive into the mental game, right? That we've we've talked a lot of mental performance, but the the one component that as guys start and and I don't know you you could tell me if you're there. I'm not there at this point, but as you compete and you have good mental performances and you're becoming competitive but the skill level is not there yeah it's close you yeah. you feel yeah. like hey i need yeah. i need to you know realistically you need to improve on things uh physically or talent wise yeah, yeah, yeah. skill level wise sorry how do you suggest what do you recommend to do as far as addressing things like that that need to be improved on and still not you know, you're going to take away from your confidence anytime you say, Hey, I need to, I need to improve with this. Cause you're, you're almost in a spot that you haven't been before when you go yeah. to practice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how do you balance this out? Yeah. So the majority of my life in the beginning was always working on the skill. I didn't even work on the physical side of myself till later on in my career. I mean, um, talking about learning how to rope and train horses and all that stuff. I mean, that's what I did every single day from, you know, seven o'clock in the morning till, on an early night, 10 o'clock at night. I mean, we put in some huge long days um, growing up in my dad's you know, ranch training horses. And we worked on our flank and tying. Everything was a competition. You know, I can beat you. If I can't beat you in speed, I'm going to mistake match you and then I'm not going to lose. Like yeah. every, everything was a competition. But the truth of the matter is you might be a gifted football player and your football college career is over and you want to learn how to rope or you want to learn how to rope calves or you want to be a bulldogger. But it's like, okay, I am like 100%, you know, uh, confident in my ability physically to get the job done, but I got to work on my skill level. And it always boils down to, down to constant, consistent practice. Constant and consistent practice, day in, day out, is a part of your daily routine. So we all have routines every day. We get up, we brush our teeth, we eat our breakfast, we do what we need to do, we feed our horses, go to the vet, <laughs> whatever it is that you do. It has to be in your constant and consistent regiment every single day and to get confidence confidence is is really nothing more than action plus intention and congruency 
or consistency. Action plus intention, being intentional, thinking about what you actually want to do and doing it, met with consistency. That's how you build confidence or skill. Same thing. Every single day. Am I got my practice time in? Have I broke it down? Yes, my body's great. Where, where is my mistakes happening? Now, like in my mentorship program, I teach guys like literally step back away from yourself, watch yourself from a third person and say, where are my mistakes happening? Well, it's this one thing. It's just always a common little thing. Okay, let's compartmentalize that one thing and do a drill 10,000 times over again to fix that one thing. For me, it was, it was flanking the calf because I was always really little, right. like and not naturally strong. So, uh, you know, I would I would focus on my exercises, cleans, squats, split squats, um, deadlifts. Like I did all of that stuff, box jumps, um, jump rope, anything I could do to strengthen the lower half of my body to help my flanking. Right. Yeah. I compartmentalize that one skill, that one movement, that one set, and I break break it down and I create a plan to make it better. Every time I go to the practice bin, where are my weak points? Where am I falling? Where am I short? I don't go to the practice bin just to make runs. I, don't, I mean, like, I never go to the practice bin to make runs. It's always, hey, all right, where is my weakness? Where are my weak points? What do I need to work on with myself and my horsepower? Okay, so there's two categories, me and horsepower, every time I go to the practice bin. And the main focus is just reflecting, reflecting on what it is that we need to work on. Think, think about yourself, anybody out there, think about yourself right now. What is the common mistake, the common denominator, as we learn in math, that has held you back year in and year out? Is it your release? Is it your scoring? Is it your horsepower? What is it? Simply compartmentalize that and create a plan of action to make that thing better. Very simple. See, we complicate things in our minds because it gives us an excuse. Oh, it's so complicated. Oh, it's so difficult. I don't know. Man, it's, you know, the one thing I used to always hear was like, Man, it's 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 hard to make a living as a rodeo cowboy. I, I don't know how many times I've heard that saying. Like I'm like, oh man, uh, yeah. But did I expect it to be easy? Well, no, I didn't expect it to be easy. What if I could leverage my name to sell a product? What if I could leverage my reputation in a good way, like to deliver something, to help somebody, to benefit somebody? And then I realized, whoa, okay, this is completely different than what I thought about. Okay, my weakness for many years was, you know. Uh, my flanking, but on on the financial side was like I would be at the NFR, I'd finish top five in the world, I'd make about mm, thirty grand, forty grand on the year probably because I didn't have a lot of sponsors in the beginning. I'd go get a new truck because that's what all cowboys do: get a brand new truck, gotta brilliant. Get, and get then I go get a new trailer, and then then my my account would be like, hey, depreciate that all the way out, spend all your money so you don't pay any taxes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, because <laughs> they're the professional. I'd listen to them. So I'd spend all my money and start out the new year. I'd have, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand on, on a new year. And then, then I'd go again. Only did I realize like, well, you know, I've never paid any attention to my finances. No wonder I don't have any money. Yeah. Like how do people who are successful actually do this? Well, they create strategies, like good strategies and spending all your money at the end of the year is not a good strategy because yeah. you're not ready for a rainy day. Um, but again, I know it's being long-winded, but create a plan based on where you're lacking. If it's your skill level, create a plan. If it's your physique, create a plan. If it's your finances, create a plan. And then do it diligently, not expecting reward at all for 120 days. And no excuses with that. 
that'll help you identify your weaknesses or whatever you need to apply it to, correct? Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because you it's think... It's not complicated, guys. It's, it's not complicated. Just break it down to its most simple, simple form. Like, you know, complexity is uh, the, the enemy of progression. The more we complicate things, the more difficult it'll be. So like when I'm coaching somebody or when I'm training, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Simple as possible. Because I know that they can execute the simple, but once it gets complicated, it's like, ugh, you know? Yeah, and, and the more we have to focus on it, the more we stress over, the, the harder it. It's just, it's just, it makes it difficult on us to do what we need to do, the most important things first, right? Yeah. And and I think that's, it's so funny to think about that, but if you work on something till you don't have to think about it, that, that's how, <laughs> that's, that's how Amen. I, that's how I look at it. Like if I have a so weakness good. on the dummy, that's what I do. I rope the dummy every day until I don't have to think about it when I'm on my horse or even roping the dummy. And then I look at the next thing. I'm like, okay. And I look at the next thing. And and what you find is it's like, well, the the consistency with all this, it really like it, it makes you apply it to the next deal and the next. And you can mm-hmm. just keep building. And you're just building these assets within yourself, with your skills, with your finances, you yeah. know, whatever moves you need to properly make. Like, hey, I could get to the rodeo in this truck. I know it's four years old and it's got 70,000 miles on it, but you know what? I can leave that 30,000 in the bank and as soon as that warranty's up, if something goes wrong, I can pay for it. But I don't lose $8,000, $10,000. Driving soon. it off the lot. Yeah, as soon as I drive it off the lot every just, year. Just so everybody knows, I ha- I do have a new truck. I just bought a new truck. Right. But I bought the year old, a year older. Okay. Yeah. But pro- up until just like a, a couple of months ago, I had a, in what, just so everybody's clear, we're in 2021. Yeah. Whenever you may be listening to this, um, I had a 2016 Ram Dooley that had 140,000 miles on it. And that was my rodeo truck around Texas. And I had another uh, 2017 Ram, so four years old, and it has 95,000 miles on it. That was my rodeo out truck. Um, I have a bus that is a 2007, okay? And the reason I have all these trucks, like, you know, 2016, 2017, 2007, because they're all freaking paid for and I don't have a payment anymore. Right. Like, I, I want to create generational wealth and I want to teach my kids about money and how to manage and how to properly move forward. And yes, if you, you know, want to go rodeoing all over the country and your truck has 200,000 miles on it, maybe find a hauling partner that's got a brand new truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or, or think about things like this. Yeah. We, we've talked about it like, Hey, I'll, you know, do you want to buddy at these rodeos? And I've seen guys pay. He's like, I ain't got a very good truck. I'll pay for all the fuel. Yeah. Or, or just, like, it's just teamwork makes a dream work. Yeah. But the, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, you do, if you did buy one thing, you need a new truck before you need a new brand new trailer. Yeah. You know, take care of your stuff, maintain it properly. It'll last a lot longer. I just hate seeing cowboys broke. I really do. I just hate, and, and, and the, and the broke cowboy is, is like, you know, very nostalgic. You know, it's just been out there a long time. And I, I just hope that, you know, cowboys can begin to be a little bit more strategic later on, you know, in the modern era. Because now we're entering into a phase, I believe we're entering into a phase where the modern day cowboy is going to be able to earn a lot of money. And I don't want them to blow it all. Yeah. Well, in understanding, like, I mean, for me, this is just a, a good example. My truck payment is higher than my house payment. Oh, wow. And 
I'm trying to get the truck paid off yeah. quickly, but I yeah. look at it after a year of rodeoing and my truck's depreciated yeah. where you're still at zero. I'm a, I yeah. have zero dollars and I've yeah. been putting more of that. And then I look at the house that we've been paying on and it's lands went up in Texas. Yeah. It's made money. Yeah. And so understanding like, okay, I've got some dollars that I have to put into some necessary things to, to do what I need to do. And then your other dollars, where are they going? Yeah. Are, you, are you doing that? Are you leveraging your money? And it's going to be different for everyone. We're going to have different skills, different yep. wants, yep. desires. Different I'm, needs. Yep. yep. But if it's, hey, I need to be able to focus on my body, well, it's whatever it is. To, you know, you need to be able to eat right, yep. do whatever you need to do. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Tyson, thank you. You're quite welcome. So last time, um, before we get off, where do we find you? Also, you got a podcast. I I mean, I've listened to a few episodes, obviously. But, nice. Uh, uh, you got let's. Let's. What do you got going on outside of rodeo right now? Yeah. So, um, as always, for my for my calf ropers, tight end ropers, I have the New Limits mentorship program. Been doing that a couple of years. Um, but I, one thing that I'm extremely excited about, and I've been working on for about three months now, uh, is a, a product that I call TDX Coaching. Like it's elite mindset training for people who want to go to the next level in their life. It's it applies to Western related, you know, rodeo athletes, um, because I feel like so many people want to do better with their mindset, but just don't have a clear like path as to how to do it. And basically, what it is, it's it's a, an outline for you to get more confidence. It'll be an outline to eradicate fear. It'll be an outline for you how to get prepared and ready to roll if you're feeling nervous or anxiety. And so, basically, how the system works is, it's once a month I put up you know, an in-depth training on a topic. Let's pick confidence, for okay. example. Uh, once a month, I put that up. Uh, it's in your like own login private members area. And then secondly, uh, halfway through the month, we uh, revisit that. And we look at the goals that you set. At the beginning of the month, on every one that I put up, you have to set monthly goals, okay? And then I follow up with you on the 15th live. That's the goal. In that live, I'm gonna call you out on a few things. Yeah. This is not for somebody who is not willing to put in the work. Right. I promise you that because I'm going to call you out and I'm going to be real. I'm going to be that voice of reason that is in your ears, keeping you accountable. And so I'll do that halfway point of every month. Uh, I'll be live. And then also you'll be able to ask questions about like certain things you're struggling with and going through. Uh, above and beyond that, you'll get accountability emails and texts from me. So basically it's like elite mindset training mixed with one-on-one mixed with accountability, which is really what I feel like everybody in the world needs more of is accountability to actually get it done. So uh, I'm really excited about that. You know, it'll be uh, at tdxcoaching.com is where you can check that out if you're interested. Um, But above and beyond that, I always put out a lot of content on my social media. You know, uh, follow me on social on either Instagram or Facebook comment, you know, what you're going through. However, I can help you. I do a lot of personal motivation stuff there. and all as always, I, I just live to serve, live to serve and make people's lives better one way, one, one day at a time. And that's really where I'm at. You, oh, yeah. Check out the Tyson Durfee show, too. If you haven't uh, if you haven't already listened to the podcast, I do a podcast one a week uh, every single Monday. I drop it so you can check it out there. But really, I just really want to serve and help people. That's that's my main focus. And and I just want to uh, acknowledge you um, because what you're doing is something that not a lot of people do. You know, you didn't know how to do a podcast. You didn't know how to help people with their roping. You didn't know how to do all that. And you had to really put yourself out there. And guys, um, I've really benefited from from Pace's work. 
you know, through X Factor and, and the podcast and stuff like that. So um, I just want to acknowledge him and say thank you for all that you do for everybody else as well. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's been a, it's been kind of a wild ride so far. So <laughs> that's the only one we like. We yeah, like those wild rides, yeah, don't we? <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of out of control. It feels like that's but good. I, I like it. And like I said, man, it's it's awesome because it's just like this. I can hit you up. We can do a deep dive into yeah. the mental side of things and and just how you process it and apply it in your daily life. It's really cool. And then to have that, like that, that I think that's the biggest advantage nowadays with what we do is yeah. you're available to someone that lives in Idaho or wherever where that or normally, Australia. Yeah. Like I or, or Mexico or Brazil. Like we have such an opportunity right now because you used to had to like if you want to learn from Tyson, you had to go to his clinic. Yeah. Or if you wanted to learn from, you know, uh from anybody in the team roping, you ha- you would have to like go to their clinic and that was and then you learn like 25 different things and you remember one right the great thing with the way that i'm doing things with tdx coaching and the limits mentorship program and what you're doing with x factors you're giving people the ability to learn a little bit every day and that's really where people win learning a little bit every single day over an extended period of time is what creates winners absolutely a book i love outliers Check yeah the book malcolm out. gladwell yeah. Ten thousand hours baby yeah it's and probably up there actually somewhere yeah, I've read it. It's really good. But there, there's so many little things like Bill Gates becomes Bill Gates because he had access <laughs> to programming before. He was like one of 10 people in the world that could have access to computers. Well, no wonder he yeah. was able to build these infrastructures through writing code. The Beatles had played all these times. So much. Private shows or just like smaller concerts before they became the Beatles. And that the knowledge was not to everyone and now it's become everywhere yeah you can get it and you can do what you want to do with it and that's that's kind of the coolest part about living right now in this time is there is no excuse if there is no excuse other than applying yourself and being accountable for your actions staying hooked day in and day out day in and day out and the truth is everybody deserves to be a champion think about your family like maybe you're, you're from a husband or, or, or a wife and you have something that depends on you being your best. Like think about your kids. What are you showing them? Like yeah. are you showing them somebody that's continually growing, continually getting better, continually you know, striving to make their dreams um, happen? Because whether you know it or not, your kids will follow in your footsteps. If you're not showing them, the, them these things, then you're really cheating your children. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Think about the people that you influence. If you're not a parent and you're not married, think about, you know, that friend that you influence that you hang out with, you know, he's going to follow your lead or she's going to follow your lead, right? People follow people who follow their passion. Yes, that's the truth. Yep. And the more you follow your passion, the more you work on yourself, you'll recognize that people will start looking at you a little bit different. They'll be saying, what's changed about that person? We always notice a new person every year in professional roadie that pops, right? Mm-hmm. This guy pops, you know, Haven Medjid popped, you yeah. know, Peyton Bray popped, like people pop and it's like, what, what do they do? What, what do they do? And they see the moment of the success and they go, oh my gosh, so talented. Yeah. But they forget that the, the, the 10,000 hours of practice, the night at midnight when they got home from the rodeo and they made up this movement and it wasn't good and they went and they practiced it, kicked the lights on and practiced it, you know, so you deserve that. You deserve to pop tomorrow. You deserve to be better. And I, I'm just a firm believer in that. So, yeah. But it's up to you to take the step and do it. Well, and that's the thing is as we acquire our skills and those guys don't choose when they pop. They're just yeah. ready. 
Yeah. They're just waiting. Yeah. And they have done the work. And I think that's where everyone wants to be is you don't know when your chance is going to be, but you want to be ready when you get there. You that's don't, right. You don't want to have your chance and not Slip be by. ready. That's got to hurt. That's going to be one of the worst things you'd ever have to live with, I think. That's right, guys. Don't let it slip by. Don't cool. do it. Thanks, Tyson. You are welcome, my friend. Thank you, guys. Uh, and th- thanks, everybody, for listening. If you stuck with us this far, then uh, you're well on your way to being a champion. We'll yeah. see you guys.